Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. Hello, my friends. Today, I'm here with Janine Rogan. Janine is a CPA and financial educator from Calgary, Alberta. She's a passionate keynote speaker on the topic of financial feminism. Her company, the Wealth Building Academy, educates and empowers women to take control of their financial future. For the last decade, Janine has been writing and speaking about money, most recently launching an investment course, The Wealth Lab, to teach individuals how to invest. Her TEDx YYC talk, Reimagine Finance for Millennials, aired June, 2021. Hello, Janine, how are you? I'm good, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, this is exciting. Okay, so that was the brief version of you. Can you tell us all about you? Give us an overview all about what you are and how you came to be where you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of came into the world of finance actually from a friend lending me a book. She was taking a class at university and it was a personal finance class. And the book Automatic Millionaire was one that they had to read for a, a book report. And she passed it along to me. And I kind of became almost obsessed with this notion of my money making money. And so that's kind of where my education started on this. And it's predominantly self-taught. Um, over the years, I've obviously gone to school for an accounting degree, but found, you know, through that, I was learning how to manage the money and the investments of corporations, but not really seeing how the individual business owners could actually manage their money and their finances and build wealth. And then, you know, after I finished my designation, I kind of Um, or I worked for a public accounting firm for a number of years and then continued to just work on the side doing this financial literacy piece of it because it's something that I'm really passionate about and as the years have gone on I've just become more and more involved in it and really started to take a focus on women building wealth because I think they are often left out of the conversations aren't involved in the conversations and don't really know where to start and I think that does such a disservice to the women in society and we need to kind of take that back and take control of our financial future. Why is that? Why are we left out of the conversation? Do you like, what do you think on that? Oh, I could probably talk for like a full day on this. (laughs) I think there are so many factors. Uh, One, we live in a society that has been created by men for men. um, And a lot of people in the finance industry are men. So when women are going to talk to financial advisors, they don't often feel feel heard. Um, They don't feel feel understood or listened to. um, And a lot of times, um, maybe things go over their head because this is, again, not something that we're taught in school. And they might not have the confidence um, to speak up and say that I, like, I don't know, know what's, what you're saying. Um, and they might feel, um, dumb in some situations, uh, and male counterparts may feel equally as dumb when it comes to money. Um, but maybe don't show it as much. Um, I also think in relationships, we tend to, in general, obviously let 
men kind of take control of the finances, because again, it's something that has been bred into our society that's taboo, that women aren't supposed to talk about money. Um, people in general aren't supposed to talk about money, religion, and politics. Um, and so I think it just kind of perpetuates in all of these different areas. And then we see women just not being as involved in their financial decisions. Okay, so let's say someone decides, you know what, enough is enough. I need to, I need to get involved. I need to take charge. Where would you suggest, like, where do we even start asking for a friend, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I would say education is probably the first thing that you want to do. And that's kind of like the road I ended up taking. So back then I, you know, kind of dove into a lot of personal finance books to try and understand some of this stuff. So, you know, what is compound interest? Um, what are the bank fees that I'm paying? So just taking stock and getting an understanding and asking a lot of questions, I think is probably the best first step you can take. And I always encourage people not to feel overwhelmed. You don't need to do it all. You don't need to tomorrow wake up and say, you know, I'm going to pay off all my debt. I'm going to make a budget. I'm going to track my spending. I'm going to invest and um, I'm going to build a nest egg and do my tax return. Like that's too much to take on in one day. I think, you know, taking it one step at a time and doing one thing right, maybe even once a month is a great first step for people. Okay. Cause I, I was that person. I'm just going to throw myself right under the bus. I said to me, like, as you know, we recently moved and I said to my husband, you know what? I think I need to get into investments. I think that's going to be my thing. Maybe I'll become like a day trader. And he just looked at me because I know nothing about money. Like he takes one, like I am guilty. I am the woman you talked about who just is like, not as invested in my finances, no pun intended as I should be. And then I realized, actually, I don't know even where to start with that. Maybe I, his, his advice, start by checking your bank statements, Lisa. Maybe, maybe that would be helpful. But it's just, I feel like sometimes for women, maybe for me, I'm not going to generalize women because this is not true. For me, I feel like sometimes it's overwhelming almost mm -hmm. to know where, where to even start. Like I'm so far behind um, that I just... Oh, I'll just do something that's far easier to bite off. You know, when you have a task that is so big, yeah. sometimes finance feels like that when you're not educated on it. And I think like anything, the more you learn, the more you do, like you said, the more you read, the less scary it becomes and the more approachable it is. Yeah. So I'm going to start, I think I'm going to start small. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm going to start by, okay checking my bank statements, find out the fees. That's a good thing. That's an easy one. I feel like, right. Yeah. Get, get control of my bank fees. Can and, and can that. you do something about that? Can you negotiate with your bank? Is there a way that you can open up another product with them to reduce what you're paying? Do you switch bank accounts altogether? That's definitely an easy thing to do and can save you, you know, upwards of 15, $20 a month that you could be putting somewhere else. Right. And so now your wealth building Academy what is, what does that entail? What do you do exactly in that space? So the company is the wealth building Academy. And under that, I have my course, the wealth lab, which is really geared towards teaching women how to invest from, you know, square one. What is a stock? What is a bond? What is a mutual fund? 
all the way to, you know, making that first trade and how to figure out, you know, what's, what tax advantage account do you want? How do you minimize fees? All of those things. Um, but under the Wealth Building Academy, I also do a lot of speaking engagements, um, predominantly again towards women on how they can, you know, be involved, become financial feminists and take control of their finances. Because at the end of the day, all that financial feminism really is, is financial equality for all. So both men and women being treated equally, being paid equally, and having ultimately the same amount of wealth at the end of the day. Right. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. It, it makes sense. We just need to act on that. And I'm speaking. Yeah, it's, it's easier yeah. said than done for sure. Okay. If you had one hot tip for women to become financial feminists, what is that hot tip? Ooh, just one. I we think can take more than one. I'm happy with more than one. I'll start jotting down notes here. I think probably one of the first ones I would say is definitely, you know, starting to have those conversations with your partner so that you do understand where your money is. So even if you're not at the stage where you are managing it, understanding even, you know, what are the passwords to that account? Um, am I on those accounts? What types of things are my partner or my investment advisor investing in? Because I've unfortunately, you know, come across a lot of women who end up in situations where there's death of a spouse or divorce. Um, and they just get, you know, either like robbed blindly financially, or they just have no ability to even access some of this stuff, which is really scary because then, you know, you may not be able to pay the bills. Like if you're not on in Canada, um, if you're not on the utility bill, and maybe you have a different last name, or sometimes even if you have the same name, it can be challenging to contact that utility provider and sort things out. And I mean, that's electricity or heat for your house. So I think understanding that would be probably step number one. If I could pick a second one, I would say open up a a free online savings account and just start transferring $50 a month to it. Um, just to start building that savings habit, because that's going to ultimately translate into a habit for investing later on. So if you can start even with $10 a week or $50 a month, that's a really easy first step that you can do and automate it so that you don't have to think about it. Because we, especially as women, have so many tasks to do. I know my to-do list is always like the length of my arm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I actually feel better about myself now because I do both of those things. Perfect. <laughs> so yay me. I'm not as horrible as I thought with my finances, but that did exactly that situation. Like you said, I mean, um, our situation was a little bit different because we were living in very crazy places, like living in the Congo, for example. And I thought, okay, God forbid something should happen, but we are traveling all over the world. I need to know how to like get into our money. Should something happen? Yeah. I'm in trouble if not. So that kind of was a little bit of an awakening for me. And one thing that my parents did that maybe this could speak to, um, moms, a little thing of advice for moms. My parents made me start putting money into RSPs or RRSP. I don't, what, I don't know what the acronym is now, but basically like a savings plan or retirement savings plan from an extremely, extremely young age. And I'm kicking myself because I did it from, I think must've been like 17 or 18. My mom was That's like awesome. $100 a month. Just, you have to put this aside. And I worked at the mall and I was like, I could buy a pair of jeans with that. Yep. Um, in hindsight, it was the best advice she could have given me because I did it for many years. And then, um, when I was in grad school and I was totally broke 
And I was just, I had to stop for a little while because I thought, you know what, I need that money. And I never touched it, which was great. But then I, I revisited and started doing that habit again, which was great. But I think like, oh, I shouldn't have stopped for those years. But you know, when you're 22, you priority shift a little bit when, when your mom's not making you do it anymore. But that's something I saw how that money and that savings grew. And that's something that I want to make sure that my kids do from a really young age, because even if it's such a small amount, I think it was starting, maybe it was $50. I don't even know, but that like incredible things can happen from just like, that's the the pebble, you know, whatever that. Yes. The snowball that starts going down the hill or exactly. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that that's such an important habit and like a really great thing that your mom did. I would encourage parents to take it almost one step further and um, really talk about why you're starting to do that. Because my parents did the same thing. They were like, you need to save a part of each paycheck. And I didn't really understand why. Um, And so I ended up with this sum of money. And I think when I was 22, I blew it all on, you know, whatever 22 year olds spend their money on. And I wish I hadn't, obviously, Mm -hmm. but, you know, even educating about, you know, this whole notion of a dollar today can be worth 17 in in retirement if you invest it. And so how do we do that? Um, What does that entail? Um, And and why is that important? Because when we look at, um, you know, when you or I decide to retire, um, unless you're in very specific lines of work, it's unlikely that you're going to have a pension. So unless you're working for higher education um, or government, you're probably not going to have a pension. You may have some RSP matching along the way or stocks from a company you work for, but predominantly retirement is going to fall on us as individuals um, when it comes that time versus the baby boomers. A lot of them do have pensions. And so starting to save and invest um, can obviously create a large sum of money, but I think you know, even having that conversation and going one step further is really important with the kids. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. So you talked at TEDx Calgary. I did. Yes. That is very exciting. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it kind of, well, so I pitched them in 2019 and then obviously the pandemic hit. So there wasn't really anything going on in 2020 or it was a very small event. So when they approached me for in 2021, it kind of came out of like, I'd completely forgotten about it. Um, and so my talk, which actually should be live for people to watch in the next week or so, I'm patiently waiting and refreshing. Some of them have started to come up, cool. um, but it's really about the systematic things that millennials face when it comes to their finances and how that's so different than the generations before us. And what can we do to ensure that we are also building wealth in a way that's sustainable and that will support us in the long term? Wow. That's incredible. So the highlight. So if it was 2021, so it was just this June, it was real life event. Yeah. Was it recorded? Um, so we were live in the studio with a very, very small audience. Um, and then they recorded them and put them up for live stream for everyone else, but we did still have to do it in one take. Um, it's, you know, it's not broken up and, and cut into various takes. So it's still a little nerve wracking, but you know, because of the pandemic, we couldn't have a full live studio. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing about what you do? Is it the speaking? Is it the classes? What's your favorite thing about your job? I love talking to women about um, making positive change in their life and, you know, watching the light bulb turn on when they figure out that they've kind of 
understood and, and got this and how they can advocate and educate themselves to become financially independent. And I think when I see that in women, it just like warms my heart because I'm all about, you know, making sure that women can be financially independent and that they aren't reliant on a spouse um, in case you know, that spouse isn't there one day. Yes. It's life-changing really, like quite literally. Yeah. And, and it can happen to anybody, right? Like you don't ever go into a marriage thinking, you know, we're going to get divorced, but 50% of marriages end in divorce. And, you know, like you said, you're, you know, when you were traveling, like something could happen, God forbid, that would be horrible. And emotionally, I can't imagine the strain of that. Um, I can't imagine having another level of stress financially on top of that. That would just be terrible. Well, that's the thing when something like that happens, whether it is a critical illness, a death, a loss, a divorce, all of those things are traumatic Mm -hmm. to be stuck and not be able to pay your mortgage, um, support your family. Like that's, that's not a situation that any of us want to be in. No, honestly, even smaller life events, not that, so I had a baby in the pandemic, he's 10 months old now, and I could not think about anything other than that baby for like the first six months. Like I, I couldn't tell you what happened with our investments. I couldn't tell you what happened with our finances. And so having it automated and knowing that it was, you know, going to keep moving along like it needed to was very reassuring for, you know, someone who wasn't getting a lot of sleep at that point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because yeah, you, you're, not, you're not thinking straight in those days. No, no, not at all. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you if they want to find out more about taking control and charge of their finances. And then we're going to do some wine, woman and well-being questions. Okay. Yeah. So I am on all of the social media, you know, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook under the handle Janine Rogan. And I have a YouTube channel under the same uh, handle as well, where I do release videos to educate every single week. Those are obviously free. Um, If you want to find out more about my course, you can go to thewealthbuildingacademy.com. Um, and, uh, if you're interested in having me come and speak my, I guess, personal or professional website is just janinerogan.com. Perfect. Okay. Are you ready for the one woman and wellbeing questions? I am. I don't have wine, but it's okay. Um, it's, it's morning. It's there. still All a little good. early here. <laughs> All good. If you could share a bottle of wine with one woman living or dead, who would you want to sit down and have a conversation with? Ooh, that is such a hard one. I think I I can only pick one. I feel like Malala would be such an interesting woman to sit down with. I've heard her speak and she's very obviously interesting to to hear. And I would love to just listen to her. I don't know if she drinks wine, but I would I'll I would just drink sit the whole down. Sometimes just I listen. actually just say if you could sit down for a conversation. Yeah. Because it's true, not everyone drinks wine. But you could. I'm sure could Malala wouldn't mind. She wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to well-being or self-care practice? Meditation for sure. Favorite book or podcast recommendation? Oh, hmm. that's tough. I don't know if I, I feel like I like so many things right now. Um, I'm reading uh, Less is More. It's a book on, on degrowth, which is uh, an interesting economics concept. I'm a bit of a financial nerd in that aspect. And it's really good. So I would say 
that's it's not my favorite book, um, but it's a really good one. And in terms of podcasts, I really like Pivot. Um, it's Kara uh, Swisher and Dr. Scott, I think it's Galloway, and they're quite funny. Um, they talk about tech and business all the time. So I'd say that's probably one of my favorites. Okay. You're a little bit like me. My favorite book, the one I'm currently reading or listening to. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the one I'm into right now. What does sisterhood mean to you? Ooh, that's a good question. So I think obviously that could be answered from a bunch of different perspectives, but I think, you know, having women in your corner that are going to advocate for you and, you know, encourage you to take some of those next steps, I think as women, so often we don't apply for the job or we don't ask for the raise um, as often as our male counterparts. So having women in your corner that will encourage you to do those things and tell you, um, you know, all the great things that you do that maybe you don't necessarily remind yourself um, that you're doing. Mm. And last question, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? Don't go to Starbucks every day and (laughs) spend $10 because I think that, you know, would have been a couple thousand dollars that I ended up spending at at that age. Uh, I mean, in the big grand scheme of things, it's not that big of an amount of money, but I, I wish I had you know, gotten into some of those habits and understood why money was so important earlier on, even though I, I still was pretty early. I, I think it could have been earlier. Good. Well, that's a good one. So yeah. thank you so much, Janine. We already talked about where everyone could find you. So thank you for sharing what you do with us. And I hope that someone listening will be like, I'm not going to Starbucks today. Hey, lattes are totally fine, but absolutely. Um, definitely come find me on Instagram and we can talk about that, but thank you so much for having me. This was a really fun conversation. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.